0: Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Marketing Insights, brought to you by Social Southern Creative, the one-stop shop for all of your real estate marketing needs. In today's fast-paced environment, standing out from the competition is more important than ever. As a leading marketing company specializing in the real estate industry, we understand the unique challenges that real estate professionals face in marketing their business and properties effectively.
1: Join us as we explore the latest marketing trends, provide insights on effective strategies, and highlight success stories of our clients. So whether you're a real estate agent, broker, developer, or simply interested in the world of real estate marketing, we're excited for you to join us. Thank you for tuning in to Social Southern Creative. Hello, Stephanie. How are you? I'm good, Nina. How are you? I am great. I'm excited to talk about our topic today. I think that it'll, I think that it's great for a lot of people. And honestly, it's kind of great for some of the topics or some of like what we're going to be talking about. It's good for honestly, everyone, because everyone has to interact with other people. So it's specific to real estate agents, but it's applicable to really everyone.
0: Correct. Today we are going to talk about difficult conversations. Yes. How do you, what is like your go-to? Like if you're, if you're about to have to have a difficult conversation with someone, like, like how do you, how do you feel? Like, how do you handle it? What's Um, your go-to? And then I'll tell you my go-to.
1: Well, I, I tend to be a pretty emotional person, so I can't sit and be upset and I have big emotions. So I tend to get like I have to, I have to talk it out. So I have gotten a lot of practice over the years with my friends of like having, I would say difficult conversations or having to talk about things that might be uncomfortable because if you make me mad, I'm going to tell you, you, made me mad. So, um, I, I approach it head on. I, I've obviously calmed down. Like I said, I'm emotional. So like once I've calmed down a little bit, then I'm, I'm full on. I'll talk to you. I'll talk right away. And I've gotten a bit of a reputation, especially, um, at work sometimes, about uh being like a little bit too blunt and i'm like i don't think that i'm blunt i feel like i'm straight to the point you know but i need to be more careful about oh okay i'm the polar
0: opposite i lock up i do not like difficult conversations i do everything i can to avoid them um <laughs> we are polar opposites here i will just figure it out on my own before i would go to someone and be like okay this way I- I need out of you, which isn't always the best as a boss, um, but I just, I'm not good at difficult conversations. So I'm really excited about this podcast today, so, but you know, of course you have to have them. It's a part
1: of life and I don't know. We'll uh, see. This, this What we've just discussed just now made me think of this like meme that I've seen or something where it's like, um, the one friend is like, no, I don't want to send it. And then the other friend grabs the phone, like, I'll send it. I guess I'm the, I'll send it for per- the friend. I'm the one that, like, yeah, let me type it. I'll say, send-
0: you know? Yeah. And I, well, I will say this when I do have difficult conversations, though, I do want to have them like, verbally via instead of via text, because I am a true woman and I will read that text 500 different tones. Like I will be like, she said it like this. She said it like that. She said it like this. And I will just go on
1: and on and on. So like, it's funny. I'm different. I want to text out because I feel like I can be more articulate and better express myself. Mm, no, that I, is so funny. No, I want to, I want to hear it all in your voice. I want to know what I know, what I know. My voice will be cracking. Cause I'll probably be crying. I'm, I'm saying like, Oh yeah, I like to have different conversations. I'm good at it, but I will, I will cry. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's well, talk about the advice. Let's move on yeah, from Yeah, let's us. move
0: on. No, I'm sure you're like, okay, we don't We need care. more significant hope for this. <laughs> yes. So um, the first and foremost thing is when you do have to have these difficult type of conversations is don't go into the conversation with wanting to win. I think if you can say, my goal is to achieve a favorable outcome for both parties,
1: then it makes it a lot better. Right. Absolutely. Because- you guys are working for the same goal ultimately. So you guys are on the same team. Right. Exactly. And
0: so I know that can feel very hard. We trust us. We are in all the real estate groups. We see these stories about how certain agents act and it can feel like they're not in that common goal. Um, And so it is easy to sometimes be reactive to them, but we're going to encourage you, especially if you're going through a difficult season in your career to realize like, Do not let them move you. I used to have a saying when I own my brick and mortar business, Mm -hmm. when the world wavers, we will not waver. So it doesn't matter if someone come in angry, cursing, like, you're awful. I'm never shopping here. I'm going to write a Google review. We just say, yes, sir. We understand. We are sorry that you had that experience. And we never gave, we never fired back at the situation. So I always say. In the world wavers, you do not waver. Let's talk about the first difficult conversation that we feel like our agents that we
1: work with get on repeat. Yes. They get it all the time.
0: And this is very, very frustrating because I think sometimes in 2023, loyalty can be hard to find. And so the first one is a lot of times we'll hear an agent say either to us that we've worked with or in a Facebook group, they will say, I have been sending this buyer listings for six months. I've had three or four conversations with them, maybe even showed them a house or two, Mm -hmm. or we've seen it where someone will go over and meet with someone and tell them everything they need to do to list their home only for that person to list with someone else two or three days later. And listen, y'all, that is the most frustrating thing. I know we do not actively sell real estate. We actively help market real estate agents, But people call us all the time on repeat and go, hey, can I just ask you a quick question of what I should do with my email marketing? Or can I just ask you quickly on how to do this on TikTok? And I get it. And they don't want to actually pay our fee or pay our service or hire us. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I get your frustration when that happens. Right. I mean, it just happened to me recently pretty bad. And before I knew it, I was very much too far on probably giving free advice. And then I was like, this is what the back of my business is built on. But it got deeper than I could have imagined. And I gave way too much, probably for free, but it happened. And so what do you do when that person lists with someone else or that buyer goes with a different agent? Burn their house down. That was terrible advice. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Do not do that. Um, but no, what we're going to encourage you to do is continue to offer value in that person's life. And that is going to feel very hard. On the day it happens, you're going to want to cry if,
1: if you're emotional like Nina, or you're going to want to scream. or And it's okay if you do have a reaction to it. It's okay to be upset, but yeah. saw and then carry on. Correct. So we'll, we're going to recommend, let's say...
0: You went over and met with your neighbor. You talked to them about listing their home. You even showed them how a full listing presentation. You went over numbers, comps. You spent hours with them. And then three days later, you pull up in your driveway and there's a different real estate agent sign. What do you do? You text them or write them a letter or call them based on how close your relationship is. And you let them know that you're excited and that you are hopeful to show it and maybe bring them a buyer. And we want you to do this with being very authentic because here's what's happened now there when that sign went up there was probably going to be a level of awkwardness between you and them mm-hmm. but when you send that first level of communication you broke down the wall of awkwardness and now they can at minimum refer to you mm-hmm. because they're going to remember what grace you gave and what value you gave so we're going to off we're going to encourage you
1: right cuz you'll always have your rep- reputation and you if you can handle a difficult situation with grace and that will be remembered later or even if you, they don't remember the grace that you showed them, they definitely remember if you had a really negative reaction and that's going to definitely taint how they feel about you, I would think.
0: Right. And then to think about that as well is, you know, we're not in the same market where were a year and a half ago. So houses are sitting longer. So there's an opportunity for that listing to expire and then you to be the second agent. And historically to me, the second agent is the easier agent to be. They've already went through one overpriced situation more than likely. That's why it didn't sell. And now you're able to come in with a fresh perspective and you can typically get the price reduction. So not only by showing grace, adding, continue to add value to your relationship with them, you have the opportunity to gain referrals or become that second listing agent, which has a much higher chance of selling the listing. Okay. Next difficult conversation, um, is the price reduction conversation. We hear this, um, when quite frequently you go to a listing appointment, the seller is so excited to sell. You're excited. You think, Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And then they tell you they want to list it for $50,000 over the closest call.
1: And you're like, Right. That can always be a little bit difficult because they obviously value their home. They have sentimental attachment to it. So you don't want to do anything that might offend them by lowballing, you know, the house that they loved and have lived their life in. But we so how we advise approaching this type of conversation is when they want to list it at something that's, you know, what you know is going to be overpriced, then We will say, or we advise you to say, well, okay, I'll list it at your price, but there are, we're going to, so there are going to be a, what is it that we call it? The red Red
0: light, red line trigger. So when we say these, one of these four things happen, we will be calling you for a price reduction and this needs to be a part of your listing presentation so that they're not caught off guard. And these triggers for a price reduction will vary market to market, so we'll give you kind of the basis of yeah. what we would say uh the first one would be is if the home had six showings, no offer now if you live in a crazy market, you might say ten showings no offer. I'm not really sure uh the next reason you will call for a price reduction is fourteen days on market, no showings. The third reason you're going to call for a price reduction is three agents or broker give the feedback that it is overpriced. And then the fourth reason you will call for a price reduction is 30 days, no contract. So this is what we of course, we initially advise you to try to get them to list at the correct price by telling them, hey, when something's overpriced, it sits longer than it's historically harder to sell but if they're not budging this is our next line of defense yeah and
1: if you notice all of those uh trigger points they all had a numerical aspect to it a quantitative aspect so it's not like you have to be like oh well i feel like we're not getting any offers right now or i feel like we're doing this be like no i've had x amount of showings and there wasn't an offer that's it's a very extinct and or not extinct it's a very direct um point so you can't really like fight it either way it's not an emotional thing it's and I make it sound like
0: that's a non-negotiable in your business because at the end of the day, you are the professional in this situation. And listen, we're not telling you to go in and be like boss babe, our way or the highway, but you yeah. are the professional. You did go to real estate school. You do live, breathe and eat this. It is far what you do. It, it does you're the expert is yes. what she's trying to say. You're the expert. Correct. So. so definitely add some red line point triggers into your listing presentation to help if you haven't listing a listing that is going to be overpriced. The next difficult conversation we um, hear, especially from the new agents we work with, they are in fear of being asked, are they new?
1: Uh, And that's always an awkward question because you don't want to seem like you're unqualified because you know that you are qualified, but it's awkward to be asked that. So that's when you definitely have to like lean into your team qualifications and like the what what's great about your brokerage and then also what you've done in the past that gives you experience in real estate. So what makes you a good real estate agent based on previous jobs that you've had? And if you're a little bit young, that can be difficult, but there's still ways to, you know, just the best way to to prepare for that is to practice getting asked that and prepare what you would say um, in the moment that you get asked that and when you're still new.
0: Correct. Yeah. When, like Nina said, just lean in. If you had a job that Where you had to negotiate, well, definitely bring that up. Or if you had a job um, and you're going to a listing appointment and you used to create websites, well, now you're going to be able to create an individual website landing page for that listing. Speak into the things that you did in your previous career or roles or your strengths that would play into it. But like Nina said, this is crucial for role-playing. If I was a new agent, I would practice this question in the mirror with another agent, with your mom, like whoever. And so because confidence will break down the barrier that they
1: that makes them nervous to work with you. Right. Because if you're super confident, they might not even hear that you're new. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. The next uh, difficult conversation we often hear our agents say is that they will want to, there will be some buyers that will contact them to see properties and they will say to the buyers, well, are you pre-qualified? And the buyer is like, oh, well, I want to see a few houses before or not yet, or I'm talking to a lender next week. So basically, they're just not pre-qualified. And I know that this is a very hot topic amongst real estate agents. Some agents will absolutely not show a house. If you are not pre-qualified, some will show one, some will show three, whatever. This, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Try to get in front of them. If it is the one showing or if you bring them into your office to do a pre-buyer's consultation, a lot of them do not like to do that. But if they're a really serious buyer, they will. Um, you're probably going to get them to closing table more than anyone. But the first thing we want you to do is when it consider working with people who are not pre-qualified, is when you find that out, offer to make a lender introduction for them. They might not know where to start. You can say, hey, listen, I know Jimmy over at X Mortgage Company, and I know Sandra over at X Mortgage Company. Would you like me to CC them on an email and introduce you guys, and then they can get with you? That is a great way. A lot of times, it's just the scariness of not knowing where to turn.
1: Yeah, and honestly, if you Google, like, Oh, steps to buying a home. A lot of times those websites, or a lot of times those lists that pop up when you do that Google search, the first step says to find an agent. So they kind of are doing the first step. And then the, the I think the second step or second or third sometimes is to get pre-qualified. So according to the internet, they're kind of doing the, it in the right order. So I wouldn't be surprised when you get conversations like that. They may honestly just not know or they're still kind of early on in the home buying process. Like I just be a little bit overwhelmed. So if you can help kind of, If you can help make it less overwhelming for them, it may not be a difficult conversation at all. Right. Um, The the
0: next thing that we would encourage you to do,
1: and this will cost you a little bit
0: of money or time, is to have a very detailed buyer's pamphlet with up-to-date information. So a lot of people, they don't want to create detailed pamphlets because the information will change. Well, you can make these digitally now. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to pay for printing. But with the current average interest rates, your current lenders that you have worked with, it needs to be very up to date because some people are a little apprehensive to have those phone conversation. So you can send over that pamphlet. And the cool thing about a digital pamphlet is you can include links straight to lenders, you know, yeah. so it makes it very streamlined. Um, and then, so we would encourage you go on Fiverr or hire a freelancer, or maybe even go in half with a lender and have you a digital how to buy a home and how to get pre-qualified pamphlet created. I know you're something like, well, that's something the lender should do. Yes, but you want to stay in touch in every part of the process in order to maintain that relationship with that new nervous buyer. And then the next thing we're going to encourage you to do when it comes to having a buyer that doesn't want to get pre-qualified is I know that sometimes you want to pick a lender to refer them to that you like that maybe it's part of the same country club as you or that your kids go to school together. I get that. Or maybe they brought your office an awesome lunch and you want to send them a client. That's really sweet and kind, but you need to make sure that you're referring these new nervous buyers to lenders who have a very low barrier to entry in order to communicate with them. Um, If it's like they've got to call nine times, they've got to talk to an assistant, they've got to send three emails before they can ever talk to the lender. That is not the route you should be sending your new nervous buyers. Absolutely. That could work with maybe an investor or someone on their fourth home, but you, you just need to make sure. So if you get an buyer whose feedback was I've called that lender three times, it's time for you to maybe evaluate what is going on and, or call that lender yourself and say, listen, Jenny, I'm trying to send you clients. They're already nervous. They're already apprehensive. I had to work to get them here to get qualified. Like, what can we do yeah. to streamline this for them? And listen, they're busy. That lender makes money off these people. So it should be, they should be helpful to them. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes I'm not downing any profession, but sometimes we see the person that makes his money as the enemy. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to lie. There have been a time or two in our marketing career when my phone is ringing, I'm like, oh, do I really want to answer this? And I'm like, yes, that's what pays my bills. Like these people have chosen us. Like we need to give them the best service. So just reminding yourself of that. Absolutely. And so I think those were kind of the most common, difficult conversations we have. And so Nina kind of looked up some basic like psychology. And so we're just gonna give you a basic overview of some things to consider when having these conversations.
1: In in just like typical, any difficult conversations, but definitely focus on creating... value, don't approach the conversation as if it's an argument. Approach it as if it is a mountain you want to climb together. You know, you want to both get to the same ultimate goal. So try and just basically like we were saying earlier, don't try and win the argument. Um, Another thing too is to stick to facts and be very objective. Try not to be emotional about it. Try and not even really have like adjectives attached to actions. Like don't say that, oh, you left your house really messy for that showing. I wish you would have done that. Like, you can just say in the future, it would be better or I don't know. That's a, <clears throat> but just say like, oh, put, if you put your things away, it might have a better reaction to the people I'm showing your house to versus you're a mess, you're a slob. So be objective, stick to facts. Um, also try and step into their shoes. And if you were them, how would you want to receive that information? So if you're having to tell someone bad news that you have to give them a call and say, hey, person that put the offer on your house, they, it fell through, they didn't get financing and it's a no-go now. That's gonna be disappointing to have. So think about how, what words you wanna hear, what words you would want to hear if you were receiving that information.
0: The next thing I would say, too, is to like we mentioned above, if you know a conversation is coming, don't feel silly role playing, even if it's in the mirror in your car. Yeah, absolutely. I know they can feel so silly and weird, but sometimes it's hard. You have a multifaceted job dealing with every type of person, loan officers, title companies, survey companies, press control companies. Listen, you need to take a minute, practice it in the mirror. Go for it. And then the last one we're going to leave you with is to just stay true to your character. Um, if you're a good person, that's going to come out in the end and in the wash. If they're still, if they're coming at you and like, well, you did this, major major, you did that. When you can stay true to who you are, goodness always prevails in the end. It might not feel like it in the moment. You might lose out on that deal. But I'm a firm believer that it will win out overall. Absolutely. So just. Especially if you have good character, stay true to that. And that's our advice on difficult conversations. We know that as real estate agents, you guys are dealt a heavy hand most Mm -hmm. days. Um, We do not envy the conversations Mm -hmm. you have to have on repeat. And so we just thought this podcast would be a great little friendly reminder. You guys are, a lot of y'all are in the same boat and it can be very difficult. And I know some seasoned agents can feel like, well, I nip that in the bud. I nip that in the bud. And that is definitely a way to handle things as well but not everyone has that personality i know i'm not so that's why i was like oh i like this topic yeah you know i can't just nip stuff in the bud like i I don't know i'm not i guess i'm not that boss pay but (laughs) authoritative type figure you know and there's neither one's wrong yeah no absolutely yeah it's just different so nina do you have any big weekend plans Biggest thing on my calendar is Henry's birthday party. Yes. So my little boy, if y'all, if you guys have been here for a while and you've seen him appear this summer, it is his birthday Monday, six years old. That is wild. Time really, I literally was just at the hospital having him. Like we were just trying to bake cookies on the grill and then I went into labor. Man. I know. Oh, it's so wild. Everybody told me it would go by fast
1: and it really, really has. I know. I can't believe it. He's just so, like, grown up. He's such a personality. I know. I was looking at little baby pictures of him recently. He was such a little junk. I know. For y'all, he
0: he actually asked him, I said, do you want to have a birthday party this year, or would you like Mommy and Daddy to get you an experience? He was like... Well, can the experience include cake? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, well, then I want an experience. (laughs) So he doesn't know this. So if you're listening and you see him, we, his dream, his little dream in a six-year-old world is to go fishing and frog gigging in the bayou in Louisiana and stay on that houseboat with Cajun experiences. So that place, if you're not familiar with Cajun experiences, has been booked up for like two years. They had a cancellation for next weekend, so and he's out of school on Friday, and the stars just aligned, and so we are taking him.
1: Yeah, if you're curious, you can uh, YouTube it, and you'll see what they'll be doing. Um, Henry was YouTubing it for me recently, and it was interesting. Okay, I'm not going to lie. This
0: is not my cup of tea at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I do not do frogs. Like... We were staying on a houseboat, which that part's fine. That part didn't bother me, but the frogs are bigger than my head. Yeah, it They're was huge. It was intense when I seen it. I was like uh Yeah, when we tell people we're going fishing to Louisiana for his birthday, they're like, oh, to the oil rigs? Oh, to Venice? Like, all this, like, really fancy places. We're like, no, nah, I'm going to the swamp in Louisiana for all gigging. You know? And they're like, oh, okay. Can't wait to see pictures. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll share that with you guys. If you've been to Cajun Experiences, slide into our DM. Or if you've went fishing in that general area, give us some advice. So yeah. we're all yours. But, yeah, doing that. And then one of my stepdaughters has... A barrel race this weekend. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so busy, nice. busy weekend, but... Sounds like it. Hope you guys enjoyed, and have a great weekend.